A really warm welcome back to the Pandemic Podcast. I'm Emily, a second year liberal arts student, and today I'm joined by George Marlin, who's also in his second year at Leeds University. We're mainly going to be talking about the project that he's currently working on called Songs for a New Normal. But just before we get into that, firstly, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, George. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to be doing something creative at the moment. How are you doing in lockdown, I guess, for the third time? I don't know. I feel like everyone has their sort of favourite lockdowns. I like look back to lockdown one now and I kind of think that I was just like took it for granted a bit, kind of didn't really do anything. But now the second two lockdowns, I've just tried to like keep myself busy. But um, yeah, definitely. I think I'm enjoying the third one now because it's kind of like practised it now, got into the routine of it a couple of times. And I've got stuff going on which like keeps me busy, whereas in the first was on my own really like nothing really going on no work to do no focuses so yeah it's nice yeah for sure I definitely think we all took the first lockdown for granted but I think it's easier now actually the lockdown's being shorter because I feel like there's more light at the end yeah. of the channel, to an extent so songs really normal how did the idea come about uh so it came about by the amazing Leeds University Union Music Theatre Society who they had to sadly, I mean, as all the performance societies had to cancel their two main shows for the semester. Um, but they didn't want to just not do anything. Um, and obviously this was kind of back in September where the situation wasn't quite as it is now. And we sort of thought it was getting better. And we'd had the rule of six introduced. So that was really positive in terms of like thinking about rehearsals. We thought, OK, we might be able to actually do something. So Songs for a New Normal came about and they the committee asked if anyone was interested in directing it. And I thought, well, you know, I've done a little bit of directing in the past, but the, directing something in the global pandemic would be quite a challenge and something that I'd kind of be able to sink my teeth into. As I said, it's been so nice to have a project. And even though, you know, as I'll say probably later on, we haven't really done much. Just the idea of knowing that there is like something that we can come out of this pandemic and look forward to. Uh, it has been so enjoyable. So the setup of it is, is, as I said at the time, we had the rule of six in place. So the idea was it was going to be a collection of songs from famous musicals, some not so famous, sort of like lesser known musicals. And it was going to be a showcase in a way. But uh, the, the catch was that it would be maximum six people on stage at any one time because that meant we could rehearse it socially distanced and following the rule of six. And it meant that on stage, all the actors could be socially distanced, but it meant that we could have a big cast with people doing lots of different things and lots of different numbers. Talking about like sort of opportunities and like positives of something like this. There's a lot of, there's a lot to do with like theater rights that are involved and especially with musicals, they're quite expensive, but because of the, t the nature of the show that we wanted to put together, we avoided all the sort of complications of rights and licensing. So it just meant that we are going to do things that the society has not been able to do due to like legal issues. We've really been able to expand our horizons in terms of like song choices and what shows we're doing things from. So that's been really exciting on that front. And yeah, there's me rambling about my little baby project. <laughs> no, it sounds so exciting. I mean, definitely with rights. I think people don't understand how complicated it is, how much they cost, and also actually like how many musicals it kind of 
rules out, especially because you can't do, I think, any of the ones on the West End or anything like yeah. that. So I guess it gives you much more creative freedom and stuff like that. Have you had to buy rights for like the songs themselves or? No, not at all. So there's, I think there's a sort of rule, like a, a, a written rule, maybe it's unwritten, who knows, but there's a rule that as long as you're not doing a certain amount of minutes from a show, you can do it unlicensed. So we're basically from each musical that we picked, we're only doing one song. So we don't need to get licensing for that because if we if we were going to do say five songs from Wicked, that's a different story. But we're only doing one song from Wicked, so we've kind of avoided the issue of rights in that sort of matter. That makes a lot of sense. That's so exciting, though. I guess auditions wise, did you do that all online, or was that at the point where you could do it in person with a restricted number of people? How did you do that? So I think for me, like the auditions have been, they're the only thing that have really happened so far, but they were for me so exciting because when you go to a regular audition, you normally would, especially for like a musical, you're going to get told a song to prepare uh, and you're going to probably have a minute to sing it and you've got to try and stand out from 20, 30, 40 other people who are singing the exact same part of the exact same song. The way we went about our auditions was we we gave people free reign and we said what we want you to do is record yourself virtually singing two contrasting songs and then send them to us and and then me and the musical director Tom Mitchell sat and watched them back together uh, socially distanced and kind of made our decisions but it was really interesting to do it that way because by giving people the option to pick their own audition songs you kind of see people's interests and people can play to their strengths and if somebody's a, like a very good comedy singer or like a very good sort of like emotional performer you they can bring that to their own performance and it's also something that was fun is that you, you a lot of people brought songs to us that we never heard about so when you get when giving people that sort of like freedom to choose what they wanted to audition with was really exciting really fun because it meant that we were getting such a range and we had I think well over 40 people auditioning virtually which is amazing that's amazing um, I didn't I didn't yeah. get that many people to audition yeah so we had about 40 plus auditions sent in and then we've cast a, we've got a like an ensemble of 24 so it's all it was almost half and half half the people that auditioned got in half didn't but you know I was really shocked when we got so many auditions in because there was an aspect and the side of me that thought I would really hate to stand in my room and record myself doing an audition. And I was like, thank God that I'm directing it and don't have to send an, aud an audition tape because that was not something that I would feel comfortable with. But that's the other thing. I guess it shows people's like hunger for wanting to perform that so many people did. And that's the thing. We've got the time now that we're in lockdown and now that we can't go out and do all those stuff. There is time. If you've got 10, 15 minutes to sit around and record an audition tape, why wouldn't you? I think as well, like, doing arts in lockdown in some ways it's much easier to get involved because it's kind of less time you don't have to think about getting to the rehearsal venue or the audition venue and then spending x amount of time it's literally just kind of either hop on the zoom call do the rehearsal do the audition then get on with what you need to do or just sending in as you said a kind of two minute clip of like each song which I think makes everything a bit more accessible yeah definitely and also it gives people we gave people like a two-week window to send in their audition tape so that also means you know 
lockdown is difficult and you're not always going to be feeling like your most creative self or your most like inspired. So it gave people a chance to sort of like get themselves into the mindset for it, find the time in the day to audition, to record themselves. You know, it also meant that if someone wanted to record one song one day and then wait a couple of days and record another song, you know, we really gave people the opportunity to show them themselves at their best despite, and you know, especially for the freshers, it was really interesting because obviously there, there are quite a few people I already knew in the society, but then having these freshers who I literally were, were strangers to me, like I could pass them an Audi and wouldn't know who they were, but for, to have them like send in videos of them, you know, in their halls of residence singing, I kind of was just like, I was really like in awe of them because I was like, freshers I think have had it so rough this year. And that was why we tried to put loads of freshers and new people into the society, into the society this term and through this project. Because, it, yeah, it's just a very, like, inspiring, powerful thing when you see people sort of, yeah, in their uni halls, singing away and just, like, embracing everything that life is sort of going. That's really nice as well, because I think it must be so difficult to be a fresher at the moment as well, kind of in terms of getting involved in societies, meeting new people. So I think it's really encouraging that actually people from first year were, like, really eager to get involved and stuff like that. And the freshers are the ones that at the end of the day, next year, when you and I are still here as like third years, but when there's a lot of people that have left the societies, the freshers are going to be the ones that are going to have to kind of like make up numbers. Yeah. So they need to be involved and they need to, you know, MT Society are doing, they've got loads of like amazing things going on at the moment. The, the social sects have been amazing at doing like online socials. So it has been a really fun way to keep people involved in the society, even though, you know, it's really weird. Like, obviously, when you and I worked together on Posh, we met our cast kind of right at the beginning as a massive group of, like, 30. But it's weird that we haven't and probably won't for quite a while all be in a room as a cast of this project together. You know, it's very sad, but at the end of the day, it's so nice when you go on these sort of, when we have our virtual sessions to go on and sort of see everyone's faces on the camera. It's just like, it's a very communal thing. And I think that at the end of the day, that's why the society is there at LUU is to just be communal and like supportive of each other and meet people. And that's what the society is still doing at the moment. That's really encouraging. I definitely, because I worked on a show last semester and it's really weird because you build such strong friendships with people. And it's like, I've never met you, but I feel like I know so much about you. And it is quite weird because yeah. as you said with Posh, like, we all kind of met each other from the beginning, all got on really well, actually. We were really lucky with the cast and the crew. And it's kind of weird that you're getting mm. that with people, but you're not actually meeting them, if you get what I mean. Yeah, I think it's like, it, there's just a bond that you make when you know that you're working towards something with a group of people. It doesn't matter if it's virtual or in person. Like, even, it's even like going like really mundane, but like the people that you work with in seminars that you never meet but you have spent the whole term on a camera with them and then you kind of just feel like you've got like I had a seminar today and then I was kind of like oh like I miss my old seminar group from last term like where are they yeah no that is true I guess so you said about the auditions that people could pick their own songs so did you mold then the songs that you decided to put in the show on kind of people's auditions or did you already have an idea about the songs that you wanted to include I mean, we definitely had Tom and I, I mean, Tom is an amazing sort of like catalogue of musicals. Um, so he had loads of ideas. I had quite a few songs I really wanted to get in. But then, yeah, as I said, there were some songs or some 
musicals that people brought to auditions that we hadn't really considered and then we started to consider them a bit more but it was more of a case of me and Tom uh wanting to sort of like pick a list of, like a set list and then we fitted the people that we cast within that and the other thing was that we kind of like right at the beginning I, the president of uh, MT Society sort of said to me you know this is your project you've got to put your vision on it and so we kind of wanted, I mean, all the promotion that has been done by Tom Pane has been amazing. It's been so sort of bright and colourful and happy. And that's what this this year of uni needs. It needs fun and bright, happy rainbows and smiles and all of that. And that's that's what we've done with Songs for a New Normal is we've tried to make it fun and uplifting. And we've tried to stay away from like Les Miserables or like <laughs> songs that are all about death and separation and loss. We've tried to keep it much more sort of upbeat and all the songs are quite you know we've still got moments of light and shade in the showcase because otherwise if it was sort of like sickly sweet and every song was like a candy rush it would be a bit intense but we we've got a lot of uplifting songs in the set list so with then the rehearsals i know you said that you've just done mainly auditions like you started rehearsal a little bit are you doing them all virtually like do you think that you'll have a chance to do any in person what is it kind of looking like at the well, moment? Well, you know, it, this is the thing. We've kind of been hit by a lot of like obstacles, and uh, you know, we're not the, we we're not alone. Everyone has been hit by obstacles. But for example, our first in-person rehearsals were going to take place on the day that lockdown number two started. So that was yeah, that was quite a kick in the teeth because we were all ready to sort of well, me and Tom were ready to start thinking about who was going to rehearse and like you know we had November was going to be our month where we would start properly rehearsing in person in groups of six and then obviously you know lockdown number two came about um, and it changed that but one thing that we did do was we our first rehearsal was always going to be on the 5th of November which was that first day of lockdown two and rather than cancel that rehearsal we just moved it all online because we thought first day of a second lockdown is going to be quite hard for a lot of people people are going to be feeling quite demotivated quite low quite unsure so we just thought it would be a really fun idea to keep the rehearsal that was meant to happen but just move it online and we did and everyone met each other everyone introduced themselves um just as if almost as if it was a normal rehearsal just we were all in our own rooms and you know none of us were really together and then a week later we announced we had another rehearsal where we announced the set list and we said who was going to be singing what and um me and a couple of my you know a couple of friends helped me make this quite like funny presentation where we announced all the songs just so that it was something more than just like me standing there like speaking we just you know we tried to make it fun and that's the same like we've had a quite, quite a few socials as a cast virtual socials as a cast and like a society over the last couple of months and I think that's what's keeping everyone going and it's you know we've got our rehearsal on Thursday where we're going to sort of talk more about visions for each set uh, song and like breaking down specific song parts and vocal parts and who's singing what harmony in each song the I think Tom and I the the project got announced to the uh, lead student community probably early October we still haven't met as a cast and, you know, even we're always having to think about, OK, what happens if the rule of six comes back? But that's as far as it goes, um, because and obviously initially the dream would be to perform it in the Riley Smith or in stage at Leeds. But that's very unlikely for this year. So we're then thinking, OK, well, we get to May and the weather's quite good in May. So can we do an outdoor performance or 
do we need to do do we need to mitigate for maybe an online performance or like a pre-recorded performance or a live stream or where are we going to do this or what are we going to do so it is i think that's the challenge at the moment is in my head as a director i've got one vision which is if we perform it live and how that works and then the other aspect in my head is okay we can't perform it live so how do we perform it but all i keep saying to people that ask me about it is we will perform it it will it will be performed at some point in some way in some capacity the songs will go out there and it will be seen by people other than the society so i don't know how and i don't know when but it will happen (laughs) did you have a um a kind of date set for when it was going to be or has that always been up in the air because obviously you were like oh in may if the weather's good so did you kind of always envision it to be i guess over kind of two semesters or has that changed because of like the lockdowns and stuff yeah as i said i mean we keep you know we keep kind of it's like almost like climbing a mountain and then just getting like knocked a few meters back by a boulder like we keep getting closer so initially it was just meant to be a semester one project and so when it got announced to the society it was early september then it got announced to sort of everyone via social media and that was early october the rehearsals were going to meant were meant to happen throughout november and then it was going to be performed end of december then the lockdown came and so the next thing was let's postpone it until early semester two you know we're we're in early semester two and it's not not looking promising so now we're kind of looking okay if we start rehearsals in the next next two months we can perform it just after easter or just before easter you know no one's also expecting i think everyone in the cast i know this everyone else knows this this isn't going to be anywhere near the standard that mt society normally presents when they've got massive budgets and um you know massive amounts of time and space and resources this is just going to be something fun and yeah as fun uplifting and a project that people can get involved in that they wouldn't have had the opportunity to do otherwise because i think the hardest thing is and you know open theater is another great example they've done so much great stuff last semester it's all very easy to just say okay show's cancelled let's not do anything for a year but what benefit does that do for the society for the people within the society you know the reputation of the society it's all about just keeping something happening rather than just sort of like being like okay we'll we'll leave it till next year because again you don't know what's going to happen in a year's time so you've just got to keep keeping the back like in the back of your mind you've just got to be like always thinking about what you can do not what you can't do if that makes sense yeah definitely I think as well what you said earlier about just having something to look forward to because I feel like every week is kind of so monotonous you know what to expect nothing exciting really is going on so I think even Mm. just having like a day of the week kind of set like okay well I'm doing this I'm doing something different than just uni cooking sleeping doing something with your housemates it's like nice to kind of think like there is a world outside of just stuck in your house in lockdown I mean that was why I was so excited to come on here and like like talk to you because it was like something in my evening that I can spend doing rather than just sort of like sat in bed watching Netflix or like just like messing around with my housemates it gives it gives me something like to do and something to talk about I feel like every conversation people have had or been having for like the last year has just been coronavirus, COVID, lockdown, all of this. So it's so nice to have a project that we can also be talking about and something creative that can be going on in the background, like of everything else. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just nice to have something else going on. So you kind of don't get too, I mean, obviously it's hard not to, but you don't get too caught up in just like another lockdown 
when will I be able to do this? When will I be able to do that? I think it really kind of lifts your spirits. Just even just having like something to do with one evening a week or something like that. Definitely. And as I said, it also just like going back to the songs and like rights and stuff. It just, every challenge is just like an opportunity in itself. Like, I don't know if if Music Theatre Society would have done something like this had a pandemic not happened. Like they might have just carried on doing their sort of four shows a year, which is absolutely fine because that's what the society is. But the pandemic, what it has, what that has done is created a new opportunity for MT society to do a new type of performance. And I think that's quite interesting and quite exciting, you know, okay, it's not going to be a full length show and it's not going to be costume. There's not going to be tech rehearsals, but there's still going to be a performance and there's still going to be rehearsals and there's still, it's still going to be based around musical theatre which is why everyone who is in that society are there because they love that um and so yeah I think you know it has been challenging but there's also been so many exciting things that have come out of this type of project yeah because I know as well like open theatre theatre group they're like let's see radio plays kind of something that never would have been done before even like one person shows whereas before kind of proposing shows it was about like right how many people can we get involved and obviously it still is that but there's also opportunities for if people have mm. had like an idea for maybe something that wouldn't be as conventional, like it's kind of giving that an opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess you directed Posh last year, which was amazing. And now you're directing the pandemic. In terms of like how you're going about with the directing, is there much of a difference or is it kind of fitting it around the circumstances and kind of having to think on your feet a lot more yeah I think I mean I, I can't really say too much about like the directing thing because I haven't actually haven't done many virtual rehearsals I think like the thing that I've done more is just set things up and that's what we've said very early on is that if we can get things set up and planned and be organized about it then the day that they turn around and say right you can meet in groups of two three four five six whatever we can go into a rehearsal and know exactly what we're doing rather than so we obviously with posh like I, I was organized <laughs> but I think I've been a lot more organized and I when I start rehearsing in person for this project will be more organized because there's a need to be I think sometimes you kind of just get caught up in it but when you've got this project that is literally the only really the only creative thing that I've kind of been working on recently it does just stay with you and you kind of think, okay, what do I need to be doing for that? What can I be doing? You know, that when we were going the couple of weeks when we were deciding what songs we were going to do, my whole Spotify playlist was just musical theatre songs, listening to that on repeat. Would that work? Sitting on a bench in Hyde Park thinking, okay, what could I do with that song or that moment of a song? Whereas, yes, yeah, so I think you just think about things a lot more carefully because you have the time to, which is a luxury of lockdown. Like the luxury of time in lockdown is so plentiful, but I've realised, yeah, you just, I think when, yeah, when we go into rehearsals, it will be hard to have to keep distance and stay socially distanced. uh, And it will probably be quite difficult to wear masks, you know, the whole time. And when, you know, just, it it will present so many challenges, but I'm excited and I'm ready to get started in person rehearsals. Just don't know when that will be. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I feel like, fingers crossed it can happen, but I think when it does happen, it will be like so much more special it's like with kind of if when the theatres finally reopen everyone will just be kind of so much more appreciative of it all I guess in terms of like Covid regulations and following that has the uni been supportive have they 
said much about it or have you kind of been on your own as a society with it? I I don't know too much because the society kind of like I get told things by through the committee and the committee are the ones who are in direct contact with the union but obviously in semester one they said no in-person shows uh, at all and that was when the conversations about okay what other things can be done one thing that was going to happen was we were going to and when the rule of six was in place and when we were planning in-person rehearsals we were actually going to use the lending room at the library pub as a rehearsal space um because obviously one of the things that the sort of university union had said was you can't use our rooms to rehearse so we kind of went okay well that presents a challenge if we want to do something that's technically not breaking any lockdown rules but where do we do it and we got in contact with the library and they said providing you're socially distanced and providing you're no more than six and providing you wear masks you are welcome to use our up, big upstairs room as a rehearsal space but also you know i know for a fact that uh, one of the luu reps has been really supportive of the project and she's sort of been very invested in like hearing how it's going and and she's optimistic that it will one day get performed in a capacity we're just yeah you know we're not sure how it will be performed but I guess the university have been as supportive as they can be of something that is technically not meant to be happening. That's like encouraging to hear I guess that obviously they're still being as safe as they can be but also like encouraging kind of societies to keep doing what they're doing but in a capacity that is as safe as possible. I guess as well you do part of your degree is performance isn't it you do theatre like how are you finding that because I know a lot of people who do theatre and they're saying it's really weird and I think you're one of the only degrees that could actually go into uni at one point am I right? Yeah it was weird because I so I live with seven other people and you know one of them does theatre and performance and then I do English and theatre and we'd be going into uni maybe twice a week working on sort of practical projects and none of my other housemates had sort of been on campus or been going into uni it was a very surreal experience walking back on campus for the first time you know there was it was very weird uh, initially sort of like when you're trying to create theatre but you have these sort of white marked out boxes that you have to stay within um, and you have to be wearing a mask and you know your lecturer or your module convener is wearing like a face shield it's it's very sort of weird and so so different to what it was like last year when it was much more like intimate so we did a performance project last term which was performed to a socially distanced audience of nine people in yeah and obviously the audience were wearing masks and we weren't wearing masks during the performance but throughout the rest of the process we had to keep masks on i I kind of like look back on it and like we got sent some pictures of the project the other day and if you didn't look at the audience, you would think that the performance was just normal. But it's when you kind of take into consideration, actually, that for a lot of the performance, the, me and the people I was in a group with were trying to keep space. The, even, but even the content, like all of our groups, took some aspect of a pandemic and focused on it. So I, I think it will be interesting in sort of the months, years, decades to come, how theatre and film and television will reflect the pandemic. Because I think it is a massive thing and it will be reflected through performance, just as like we did in our performance project. We It was such an integral part of a lot of our pieces. 
and it was very weird because normally when you perform something like that you're performing it with like in a sense of history it's like almost like if i was to do a piece about the plague in the 1600s it would be like that kind of context but you were living through it at the same time um and it meant that a lot of what was going on in the world around you every day could feed into your performances so as i said that's something else where it was challenging but there was so many creative opportunities um, that arose from, you know, having to keep distance or like purposely like staying away from each other at a point in the scene or whatever. Definitely was an exciting and really, you know, when we were performing to an audience and you got an applause at the end, there was almost that sense of normality returning and you were like, oh my gosh, that was what that feeling of being on a stage performing feels like because I've just done it and it's not exactly the same, but I'm kind of seeing what life used to be like and what it's going to eventually get back to. And that's amazing. I think it's actually really interesting, like devising a project anyway, you use so much about like your surroundings, things that you've lived through, personal experiences. And it is mad that we are kind of living through, well, not a historical event, but a massive life event that people are going to look back on in so many years time. And it's crazy. I remember because obviously two of the third year performance projects were last time as well and I know in one of them they kind of incorporated the use of masks and stuff like that and I feel like at the moment kind of seeing people in masks it's normal I almost kind of watch a film and I'm like how are you that close together and I'm like that was just normal life (laughs) I do though like following on from that I do think it's mad that this time last year we had just started rehearsals for posh and corona was kind of spoken of a little bit probably like joked about more than anything and then you think three weeks after finishing that show lockdown uni shut down it is mad looking back on it and kind of thinking that was normal life but I think it is really encouraging to think it will be like that again it will just take some time I think it's mad when you think about posh and like you think we had an audience one night of like 200 people in stage at Leeds and that we we exceeded the capacity as and we had people like squidged in like sardines and we were and you know we had two blocks of audience and we had so many people in the same room and then you know the foyer before going into the theatre it's so far away from us now because we kind of have literally forgotten what that aspect of life feels like and I've, I've got a friend who's got a young son and he was saying that in, so his son, I think, is like six years old and his son doesn't really remember like life before lockdown because it's sort of his first year at school was ruined by coronavirus. And now he's, so he's never, not really ever been to school. So I just think there's so many aspects of it which are so foreign and are going to be so weird to like unadapt from in the same way that it was weird to adapt. And it's going to be even weirder and harder and sort of difficult to go back the other way. For sure. I think as well, like there are so many little things you'll you'll do and then you'll be like, right, I need to put a hand sanitizer on kind of thing. Like even, I don't know, like touching the button at a crossing and then be like, oh God, think about how many people have touched that. And that was something so normal that everyone did. And I think everyone is so much more like conscious, I guess, about germs and everything, like washing hands. And it's weird to think that that wasn't life a year ago. I saw something the other day about like blowing out candles on a birthday cake. That has been something that's probably been happening for quite a long time, like decades. That's probably been a tradition for people on their birthday to blow out candles. And then they were saying the amount of germs, obviously, that when you blow out, 
you'd be blowing onto the cake. I just like so they were saying like we should stop, never go back to blowing out candles. And I was like, that's such a weird thing to like think about, and it's such a tiny aspect that you only do once a year when it's your birthday. But it's just bizarre. Like that was a really weird one for me to like consider. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird when you said that though. I was like, oh god, no, like the germs. Yeah. But then actually, it was something so normal. That's mad. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so interesting. Firstly, just hearing about theatre in lockdown. I feel like that's something really encouraging and really promising. And you see so much, even like with the West End and stuff, that so much is going online, which is good. I feel more optimistic about the future. And also, I'm so excited to watch the show when it finally comes out. Hopefully in March or May or at some point this year. It's coming. It will happen. I'm. You just got to keep telling yourself and just like, just keep reassuring yourself that you know that, that I think that is the the last thing I'll say. Like, is I've had to constantly keep changing the way that I view the project. Initially, I had all these plans, and then you just get one. There's one news headline that comes out that changes the whole thing. I think at the end of the day, the way that I see it is that what we're doing with the society and with MT society at the moment is what we are creating is better than not creating anything at all. And yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's like the kind of takeaway for me is that we've done something and that's better than doing nothing. Oh, for sure. I think definitely seeing the societies, even if it's just putting on socials or kind of online masterclasses and workshops, I think it's just so encouraging that something is happening at Mm. this point in time. Well, yeah, thank you so much. I hope everyone enjoyed that episode. Everyone stay safe and we'll see you next time. Bye. Mental health is important and not to be overlooked during these strange times of uncertainty please feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook and Instagram pages, anonymously or not, about your own experiences, whether it's just a fleeting thought or something that has been occupying your mind for a while. As cringe as this may sound, we're all in this together and your message could reside with others. We want all lead students who are listening to this podcast to feel supported and heard. So as always, we've included some important links to student services for mental and physical health support in the description box of this episode. As well as this, Minerva has a wide range of support networks available on its discovery page, easily accessible for student use. For non-Leeds students, we've also included links to the Samaritans, the NHS advice page, Mind Organisation and other emergency numbers.